Hey. Hey. <laughs> I'm Jay. And I'm Kaylee. And you are listening to the Family Thoughtcast. Where we talk about faith, family, and fun facts. Fun fact, light roast coffee has more caffeine in it than dark roast coffee. Yeah. And it tastes better. No. How do you know you don't drink coffee? I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> just disagreeing. Comment. Comment below on Facebook, Instagram, or wherever you're listening. Light roast coffee or dark roast coffee. Anywho, today we're kind of talking about a mixture of things that we're kind of like throwing in a pot and they kind of come out the same. Yeah. And here's the main idea behind the podcast. We never reach an age where we are done being challenged by the world. And I think it's really easy to frame this discussion wrong. My first idea was we never reach an age where we are done being attacked by Satan. But honestly, a lot of the things that happen to us aren't from Satan. I mean, they can be because of stupid decisions or a variety of things. So could be from just stupid human here. Right. (laughs) And so the honest truth is we're never done being challenged by the world. We are Christians trying to live in the world, but not of the world. We're like, I I love the phrase. We're like, you want the ship in the water, but not the water in the ship. That's the life we're trying to live. So here's where it starts. And a lot of this is based in habits. Um, A lot of this is based in how we're brought up. And so it may seem like we're jumping all over the place, but we're going to, we're going to tie it up with a pretty bow at the end. But, It starts, I mean, our formation starts young. Very young. Um, I was, as I was typing my notes for this, I thought of Calvin and Hobbes. If if you've never heard of Calvin and Hobbes, um, get on Amazon or wherever and buy one of those comic books because they're seriously the best. And (laughs) there was a discussion. I don't remember who said what, but one of them said, do you think children are born sinful? And the other said, children aren't born sinful. They are quick studies. And I, I I disagree theologically with that. I think that because of the fall, we all we are all born sinners. Yeah. But I do agree with the fact that like children are so easily molded by We learn the vast majority of things that we're ever gonna learn when we're very young. I I've talked about this with Sabrina Kelly. She's so wise. But um, just how kids are so impactful and the kind of music you listen to can mm. help develop certain parts of their brains and just they learning different languages at a young age and just they're just so they're like clay. Mm. That's a good illustration. They're they're like fresh clay. Yeah. That hasn't been dried up yet. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I have a story about Joey. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like I talk about Joey in every podcast. Um, but Joey was telling me he had a pastor or a mentor or something and he didn't own a TV. Okay. And he had kids and they were getting their house remodeled. So they were staying in a hotel while their house was getting remodeled, something like this. Um, and there was a TV oh. in the hotel and he said, he was talking about how the commercials affected his children. Yeah. He's like, they were never the kids that were like, oh, I want this. I want that. I want huh. this. I want that. But that's what TV is. That's like, what the goal of commercials are. Right. So he's talking about how to... 
how easily his children were affected by this, like, like not growing up with it. And I think... They were seeing what they were supposedly missing out on that they didn't even realize they were lacking in. Right. I've noticed something I've always struggled with from a young age, and I can look back at, like, I am very impulsive. Not, not in one particular area, but it's like, I think we all are to a degree, like, we... We want to go down the path of least resistant. Yeah. But like, I almost bought a book today on a super quick <laughs> impulse. Explain why you didn't. <laughs> so I'm sitting in the car and I asked Joey if he owned the biography of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he said, the really big one. And I said, yeah. He said, no way. It's too expensive. I was like, oh, dang it. I was going to borrow it from you so I didn't have to buy it. And... So I'm, I, I Googled it. I Googled the book and it was on sale. Those are dangerous words. It was on sale or it wasn't really on sale. It was from one of those, I think it was like thriftbooks.com or whatever. And it was on sale for $5. And, and then, and then it says, if you add how many more dollars and cents, you get free shipping. And I'm like, oh, now I have to, to buy a book for this amount. So I get free shipping. And then Kaylee opens the car door and I thought. Kayla and I just had a discussion about spending less money and me being less impulsive with money. And I thought, would Kaylee be upset with me if I bought this, these now two books right now? I was searching for the second book when you opened the car door. Oh, no. <laughs> and I just closed it out. Um, I feel like this is kind of a rabbit trail. <laughs> but you know who I thought of when you were explaining your thought process? Your sister, Kristen. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's on sale. That means I have to. Yeah. <laughs> she is the best at finding sales, though. We've talked about how funny it is to say, like, you buy a $300 TV that was $200 off, and you're like, oh, I just saved $200. Nope. It's like, no, you just spent $300. $300. Yep. And I mean... It's so easy in the world we live in to be discontent. And, and we're, we're talking about, you know, different ages in life. Um, like young kids are taught at an early age to be coveters, mm -hmm. like to just desire, desire, desire. I mean, that's what. Try taking a little kid to the store. Yeah. They want anything they can possibly have. And it's just. I think it would be a fun experiment. And I wish we had kids so we could do it to i mean let's say we don't really have live tv so we don't see commercials no. much but i mean if you have cable or whatever it would be f it would be a funny experiment to take like a month away from it and see if your kids are more content yeah talking about how they're formed okay so kids are formed at a young age to be coveters because of commercials i'm i started i didn't finish it because reasons um but i was reading a book called peak Secrets from the New Science of Expertise. I'm going to put that in the description below. But they were talking about a study that was done that showed that children can be taught perfect pitch. For so long, it was thought as something people are born with. And I do think it is something people can be born with. Um, I mean, you can look at kids that, that are musicians and nobody in their family is a musician. Right. But So they were spending like 10, 10 minutes a day doing exercises with kids teaching them chords and different notes and stuff like that. And within a couple years, these kids had perfect pitch. They could pick out notes and everything like that. And, and, and there's, man, there's something about that age 
two, three, four, five, six, right in there. Like you said, kids are, I mean, they're like fresh clay. You, you don't even have to try. No. Well, it makes me think of my dad's family. What about it? And it made me think, I always just thought that was part of their genes, but it's like, well, I wonder if part of it has to do with the full exposure to music all the time, but it is intriguing Mm -hmm. and it's worth it to, I mean, just another reason to expose kids to music, expose them to other languages, expose them to so many different things. You don't have to wait until they're at school age to learn. They're, they're learning from the moment they breathe air. Mm. And that includes biblical scripture stuff. You don't have to, I don't know, I feel like we try to make it, I don't know, that's another. Yeah. I And I think like, Podcast. I think growing up, and I was thinking about this as I typed it, like, we can all look back at our lives and pick out a few moments from our childhood that really affected us. As I typed this, I was thinking of the fact that we can all recall some memories when we were younger that really affected us. I I heard John Chris tell a story that a memory that really affected him from childhood. He was talking about seeing a counselor and he said he was eight or nine and rode his bike. Like I want to say an hour into town Hmm. to go to the library and he got out of the library and his bike tires were flat. Oh my. And he's he's walking home with these fat f- flat bike tires in the pouring rain. Oh. And he gets home and nobody had even noticed he was gone. Oh no. And he talked about how that formed him. I thought of my grandmother, deathly afraid of mice to this day because of something her siblings did to her when she was a little girl. Yeah. Like we can, we can all look back at, you know, if we have, if we had a sibling that was nasty to us growing up, we can look, if we really look, we can think about how that affected us. We can think about uh, a dad or a mom or a stepmom or a stepdad. And, and now we can look back as older people and look at these young kids who are in similar situations and say, I see how that's affecting them. If a, if a kid has a disinterested stepmom who just has no desire to be a mom and she shows like she's disinterested in them that kid's going to feel a variety of different things. Like they're unlovable, like nobody cares about them. And so this is, this is two-sided. I think it's important to be aware of how things have shaped you from a young age. So really that you can face it and and grow from it. Yeah. But it doesn't just start from a young age. I mean, we can, it doesn't stop once you're a certain age, better way to put it. It doesn't stop when you reach a certain age. Yes. I think of Josh Harris, who just wrote this book, and he, he it started out. He came out and said he regretted the book. And did you say what the book was called? Why I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Okay. And I watched his documentary, and something really stuck out to me. He made a passing comment when he when he wrote the book, and he was like a Christian celebrity in the '90s. He was like 20 or 21. Mm-hmm. Wrote a book on courtship and marriage, and he wasn't even dating anybody. Oh. And so that that came then he came out and said that he and his wife were getting divorced. Then a week later he came out and said that he wasn't a Christian anymore. And I, and I'm and I'm reading this and I'm like 
I would love to, that's not the best word, but I would love to see in detail how he was affected from publishing a book on something he knew nothing about at the age of like 20, mm-hmm. grew up, became a pastor, said he never wanted to be a pastor again, was stopped pastor? pastoring. Yeah, he was a pastor for a, when he was like 25. Oh my word. That I, He was in a podcast interview and said he never wanted to be a pastor again. And now he says he's not a Christian. Now he says he's not a Christian, divorced his wife. Mm-hmm. Some people are assuming he's going to come out as gay next. So just because of the way his thing was moment. And I'm like, this is what happens when you, when you give up, honestly, when you give a 20 year old success, Yeah. John Acuff said, you know, he's seen success destroy more people than failure. And I mean, you see these celebrities that just get uber famous out of nowhere at a young age. I mean, you can look at all the child stars, Lindsay Lohan, Britney Spears, I, <laughs> Justin Bieber. This is kind of out of there but i just watched a video on child stars and how a lot of them it's just it's left a lot of scars hmm. they were overworked they were taken advantage of but with their money with in so many other ways but just how they they just saw all the bad parts of hmm. the world and it just i don't know it's just so sad and they didn't get to be a kid right they didn't have the developmentally appropriate stages they didn't go through those things where they were learning the proper things at the proper times i mean didn't get to play i mean play is such a big thing didn't get to be around other kids i think about old marriages Mm -hmm. you know as we're talking about how the challenges never stop at a certain point i mean kaylee and i have both witnessed families really close to ours where there were marriages at 20 plus years that just deteriorated mm-hmm. it ends up in separation or divorce and the sad thing is is we have friends who are married and it's almost like you can see the writing on the wall like there's some big red flags in the marriages and it's just like if you don't if you don't stop those if you don't uh, 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 marriages are so salvageable from you know something really big can come up marriages can be saved when it seems hopeless but well it makes me think of um, I don't like the movie, but the song mm. you made me watch. <laughs> and um, we saw that in theaters. I didn't really make you watch it. We were just like, hey, I know, but I theaters. couldn't just walk away. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a really good movie. It's a no. modern. Inter- it's a modern interpretation of the Song of Solomon. Yeah. And and that sparked a conversation with my wife and I, and I said, "Isn't it crazy that at thirty years?" Satan is still trying to destroy their marriage or it's probably not directly him because Satan's not omnipresent, but after 30 years, we could say it this way. Satan still wants to see your marriage fail. Yeah. And I mean, Ephesians says there are evil forces that we're at war with those evil forces, demonic powers or whatever. And I maybe it sounds super spiritual, but go, go read Ephesians. Um, We, we, we talk about the armor of God a lot with mm. kiddos, but that that can't be just something you stop thinking a, about right. when you're not a kiddo. <laughs> it's not a cute little illustration. Right. It's Paul it's, saying, it's, it's this is real. how you fight your battles. Yeah. You can't do it by yourself. I never really thought about it that way before. That was good. Well, well, the only reason I thought of that is because it's not something that I've heard in a sermon. Mm. I mean, I, I've taught it in Sunday school. I mean... Working in the kids' ministry, that was, like, the main thing. Yeah. And I, I've never 
I don't know if I've ever been taught it through hmm. adult lens. Who was like, like Paul was writing it to a church. Like he wasn't writing it to kids. He's right, like, he's right. writing to the church of Ephesus. We're just struggling. And even, so I mean, we've talked about Josh Harris, who's in his 40s. We've talked about old marriages. And there's retired people. Mm -hmm. And And I think the big issue there, and it may be, but I was thinking about it the other day when I think Satan likes when we're comfortable. I, I do. I think he's like, they're comfortable. They're not seeking after God to help them. They're not seeking after God for wisdom. They're not doing these things that they should do. They they think they're at a point in their life where they're just good. I, I don't have to learn that stuff anymore. I'm I'm old, which, I mean, maybe you do feel that way, but... You've I, become hard clay. Hard clay. I, I just... Go sit in some water or something. I, <laughs> and I, I, I don't think we're ever... I don't, I don't want to reach a point where I'm just not teachable. I want to be able to continually learn and grow and seek after God, whether life is easy or hard. I, I don't, and I, I think it's easy to say these things, and I think that we could easily fall into where we are comfortable and let us just continue, even when we are comfortable, continue mm-hmm. to seek after God. Isaiah said, you are the potter and I am the clay. And what what keeps pop? Go ahead. Sorry. I guess the question is, what kind of clay am I? Am I am I clay that God has to beat down back to its original shape and texture, mm-hmm. or am I moldable? Am I shapeable? Am I willing to let God reshape me? One of my mentors, Pastor Kelly, wasn't afraid to to call out people when he was preaching, and he said, "You know, you may be retired, but you're never retired for being a Christian." And so here's this, every time I think of, you know, comfort in our lives, I think of this, this, if you, if you know who John Piper is, you know, the seashells sermon. Let me just give you a a little excerpt standing on a stage in front of the perpetually moving crowd with a damp wind in his wind in his face. Piper prayed father in heaven. You know how adequate I feel at this moment. He said aloud. And so I ask for a very special anointing and help from you. Eyes squeezed shut. He took a deep breath and asked for grace. Another big breath and he began, you don't have to know a lot of things for your life to make a lasting difference in the world. You don't have to be smart or good looking or from a good family, he told them. You just have to know a few basic, glorious, majestic, obvious, unchanging, eternal things and be gripped by them and be willing to lay down your life for them. Five minutes in, he laid out the comparison nobody forgot. Three weeks ago, we got news at our church that Ruby Eliazin and Laura Edwards were killed in Cameroon. Ruby Eliazin, over 80, single all her life, a nurse, poured her life out for one thing, to make Jesus Christ known among the sick and the poor in the hardest and most unreached places. Laura Edwards, a medical doctor in the Twin Cities and in her retirement, partnering up with Ruby, she was also pushing 80 and going from village to village in Cameroon. The brakes gave way over a cliff. They go and they're dead instantly. And I asked my people, is this a tragedy? Two women in their 80s almost, a whole life devoted to one idea, Jesus Christ magnified magnified among the poor and the sick and the hardest places, and 20 years after most of their American counterparts have begun to throw their lives away on trivialities in Florida and New Mexico, they fly into eternity with with a death 
and moment. Is this a tragedy? I asked. The crowd knew the answer, calling out, No! It is not a tragedy, Piper affirmed. I'll read you what a tragedy is. He pulled out a page from Reader's Digest. I don't know where I got it because I didn't subscribe. Piper remembers now. I must have found it in a doctor's office somewhere. He read it to them. Bob and Penny took an early retirement from their jobs in the Northeast five years ago when he was 59 and she was 51. Now they live in Punta Gorda, Florida, where they cruise on their 30-foot trawler, play softball, and collect shells. That's a tragedy, he told the crowd. And there are people in this country that are spending billions of dollars to get you to buy it. And I get 40 minutes to plead with you, don't buy it. With all my heart, I plead with you, don't buy that dream. As the last chapter before you, you stand before the creator of the universe to give an account of what you did. Here it is, Lord, my shell collection, and I've got a good swing. And look at my boat. Don't waste your life, he said. The words quietly tucked in before he barreled into another memorable anecdote. This one about a plaque in his home featuring C.T. Studd's poem, Only one life twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And... I have to reflect on that a lot because our habits are a down payment on who we're becoming. Mm. James Clear said that in an interview. And so I'm coming up. Kaylee, you've been a Christian for over 10 years, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I've been a Christian for about eight years now. It's still hard. We still struggle. Mm-hmm. We've been married for three years, and that's that's not a lot at all. There are people that have spent m- more years married than I've spent alive, <laughs> and it it hasn't gotten easier. We've just learned to put in more work into making our marriage work. But here's the encouragement. This has been a really, really sad podcast. <laughs> we will never be truly free until we are with Jesus. Until then, we need to fervently ask the Lord to free us from temptation the temptation of the American dream, the temptation of comfort, the temptation of more money, the temptations of this world. Look at everything you're proud of. Look at everything you're chasing after and ask, is this going to make a difference when I stand before God one day and my life is over? You know, my time on earth is up and I'm done. Yeah. You know, God, I got a lot of victory royales in Fortnite. (laughs) Even God, I've read a lot of books. Yeah. God, I've preached a lot of sermons. God, I've done this. I've done that. You know, how much time did we spend praying? How much time did we spend sharing the gospel with people? How many times did we spend encouraging our brothers and sisters in Christ? How many times, how much time did we spend feeding and giving something to drink to the least of the? C.S. Lewis said, indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one. The gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. Prosperity knits a man to the world. He feels that he is finding his place in it, while really, it is finding its place in him. So I would encourage you, after listening to this podcast, maybe you're working out, maybe you're driving, whatever. Take some time. Just, I mean, Kaylee and I are going to do this. Take some time to look at your life and say, what am I doing that's going to have an eternal impact. Mm-hmm. Any clothing, closing thoughts, babe? Um, the only thing I can think of is I feel like this stemmed from our last podcast about being content. Oh, and yeah. that makes me think of, we, we always say God doesn't like when we're, un, we're 
when we're comfortable. He mm. he, he makes us. I don't know. We <laughs> when we get comfortable, we get stiff. Yeah, I love and the clay I, we picture you made at the beginning. Him to mm. help us or to lead us in the right direction or to steer us clear from evil, just all these things. And I, I think this is kind of the opposite, where we're talking about how Satan does like when we're comfortable. Yep. Because just like we said, weren't we? Don't seek after God as much as when we are uncomfortable. And so I, I think these are kind of perfectly back-to-back because I kind of... <laughs> the last one was more of me, and this one's more of you because it has more of those... <laughs> C.S. Lewis quotes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just shows who we are. <laughs> but you did you did a great job using the clay illustration. I really think that was helpful throughout the whole podcast. Okay. So I would ask... I made a couple questions. Are you finding your place in the world or is the world finding its place in you? You know, what kind of clay are you? What kind of habits are you making in your life right now? Habits start so small and, and they can, you can help your kids create habits. I, um, I don't even remember where I read it, but it was this family that really quiet time was very important in their home. And, um, the mom just kept talking about how she that was a hard habit for her when she became an adult to try to devote that quiet time to Christ, to herself, to reading, to praying, to just being still and quiet. And so that was something that she it was just a rule in their home. They had this quiet time. I don't I, I don't know if it was in the evening or in the morning or whenever it was, but she was helping to instill those habits with her kids mm-hmm. because while you're also learning a lot, your habits start when you're young. And as anyone I'm sure can know, habits are hard to break, whether it be biting your nails or picking at scabs or whatever. That's gross. <laughs> you just use like two of the grossest I know, but those are the ones that I was thinking of. <laughs> but Lying? Lying. When you're put under pressure? Yeah, you try to... I, sleeping in? Eating yeah. whatever looks good in the moment. So when you're trying to, and maybe you have to look at yourself and say, I don't want my kids to have to work so hard to drop those these habits that I don't like, hmm. these habits I'm trying to change in myself. And so maybe while you're doing that, you can also help your kids to create those good habits. The quote I wanted to share, I don't remember, I don't remember who said it. I, don't, I can't even quote it exactly, but... This father and son and somebody else were walking and the son, he did something and somebody said, oh, well, he just did this little blank. It was just a, a little small whatever. And he said, habits are no small thing. Um, look at your habits. What kind of person are you becoming? We love you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to leave a rating on the podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe. Share it with a friend if you found it encouraging. See you next week. Have a good week.